Hey, what's up? It's the Man Fuse Podcast. I'm Kay Lee, your host, my co-host, Ben H., sitting right next to me, riding with me. So today on the Man Fuse Podcast, we're going to talk about bigger problems equals bigger results. And instead of trying to shy away from those problems, we're going to talk about how you should take them head on and welcome them, that you have hero-like problems. So, Ben, earlier today, you said bigger problems equal bigger results. There's a thing, man, where it's like, for me, you know, I'm constantly going after bigger objectives and bigger goals, and I've reached different levels in my life. And every time I do, every time I level up, my problems get bigger. And it seems like the natural tendency that I want to do is I want to make my problems smaller and my results bigger, right? Typically, that's what you want to try to... That's the idea. Right. Right? But the truth is, it doesn't work that way. When you level up to bigger opportunities, to bigger income, to a bigger company, a bigger job, a promotion, whatever it is, even if you have another child or you reach a level with your significant other that adds responsibility to your life or whatever it is, you decide to move in together. Any kind of increase in results is typically going to equal an increase in problems. It's like Notorious B.I.G. said, more money, more problems. And so I'm always looking at my perspective on things, the paradigm I have around certain things. Because if you think about it, problems are problems. What's your relationship with the problems in your life? Do you despise them? Do you wish them away? Do you ignore them? Do you not pay attention to them? Do you you, work through them? Do you work through them? Do you hit them head on? Or do you get excited about these problems? Mm. See, I recently heard something and it just hit me. And I would like to play that audio because the way that this guy said it, it struck me because it's kind of similar to a lot of the things that I've been dealing with and some of the opportunities that I'm facing right now, some of the opportunities that I've attracted to myself. And one of the great differentiators between my life now, let's say, and my life three or four years ago, or my life now and my life, if everything I have set that I want to do actually continues to go well and pan out over the next few years, my one hesitation is that it brings with it bigger responsibilities, bigger problems, bigger distractions, distractions, just everything gets bigger, but the results get bigger too. And I think for me anyways, typically when I'm setting goals or when I'm visualizing for the future, I'm typically setting goals and visualizing around a result. I imagine the result that I'd like to see. I make the decision that whatever it is that I have to do to get that result, I'm willing to do. But I'm typically not visualizing handling the problems. I'm visualizing the success. The excitement of the achievement. Exactly. The symptoms of the achievement. Well, I guess the problems would be a symptom of that achievement. But it's not necessarily a part of the planning. No. For me. Maybe it is for a lot of people. Well, but you don't, well, you can't predict everything. No. Some things, and especially if you've never experienced that achievement, you don't know what negative aspects are going to come with it. 100%. Whether it be haters, whether it be legal stuff, whether it be customer service, whether it be employees, employees, nightmares, yeah, products, supply chain. I mean, if you're going to grow a business, you got to invest in people. Oh, yeah. The hard part about investing in people is is investing in people. You're investing in them. Well, right. And people do crazy shit. People, every individual person has their own ups and downs and have their own issues and problems that they're working through. And those problems start sometimes creep in 
to their performance That's right. and it becomes your problem. Exactly. And you've got to establish, decide whether it's worth it to help them out or yep. guide them through or stick with them through those problems as they're handling it That's or right. replace them. But then by replacing them, you're opening up another set of issues because now you've got to teach Absolutely. and you've got to go through the motions again. And yep. that shit takes time and that takes money. And that's it's fraught with peril. But listen to this and, and let me know what you think about this. My favorite quote in life is you can tell the size of a man by the size of his problem. Yes. And I think that creates the most healthy relationship you could ever have with problems. So I'll backtrack into my business. Early on, I would have $2,500 payrolls. And at the time, it was a huge fucking deal to me. Yeah, it really was. For sure. So much so that it kind of made me nervous because I knew I had to pay for equipment. And then in construction, you know, you might be net 45, net 60 easy. And I went and I asked for a little line of credit and they wanted to give me 7,000. I ended up getting like 50. And as I got bigger and bigger and bigger and the problems got bigger and bigger and bigger and today, like $100,000 a week in payroll at my company. I have to tell you, I'm super proud of that fucking problem. And so you can look at a guy who can't pay his light bill. That's kind of a lame ass problem. $100,000 a week payroll, that's a hero type problem. Mm -hmm. And every man that watches this show or watches anything knows or should know that he's playing the star character in his own show. And without big problems, the movie's going to suck. So for that reason, I like to remember that you can tell the size of a man by the size of problems. And when big problems come to me, I say, that's my kind of fucking problem. I yes. get excited about it because that's the next level up. It's a next level up because all you're doing in life is solving a bunch of damn problems. So as a man, you need to go find problems and make sure they're fucking big. Something that you can remember. Something that when you're sitting in that rocking chair at 90 years old, you can be like, bro, I was a fucking G. I was getting after it. I had big problems. I had real shit going on. Not this bullshit. I couldn't get one date or pay one light bill or pick up a tab. So get big fucking problems. That makes it more fun. It makes it exciting. It makes you feel alive. There's nothing better than having big problems. And it changes your relationship with stress because you're going into that next phase where you have to stretch. And that's normally where the pain is, right? But if you can have that relationship with problems being bigger, you can kind of smile. My favorite quote in life is you can tell the side. Yeah, that's good. That's real good. It yeah, struck me kind of like our conversation with Chris Tuff did. I mean, it hit me. I probably listened to that like 15 times. And now I've incorporated that into all of my planning. Yeah, there's Big problem. problems, like go after the problems. And now I start thinking about my goals and I'm looking at it from the perspective of what kind of problems could I possibly foresee that this is going to create? And it gets me thinking about big solutions. So I start thinking about big problems, big solutions. And it has changed my relationship just hearing that with stress that I deal with around my problems. Because ultimately, when I look at a problem, I just want it all off my plate. I just want it away from me. And the ones that I can't handle right now, I kind of table them, ignore them, and they just grow and they become bigger problems. You right. know what I mean? So big that they're not even worth what created them. And so it's like that statement, what he's talking about, I'm still kind of working through it in my own mind, but there's just so much wisdom there. Yeah. And it's a good way of... Because like we are the hero in our story. Absolutely. What, or the villain. Or the <laughs> villain. So what are you heroing over? You know, it's like a game. If you treat it like a game. Yeah. It's kind of the way I've always treated life. Yeah. Kind of. Or um, getting into business. It's like chess. It's like, okay, putting your pieces on the board. First, you got to get your pieces on the board. You got to get in the fucking game. Otherwise, you're not even playing. Right? That's and right. And then you've got to learn how to advance. Smart. To make educated moves. And 100%. try to think 
two to three moves ahead, which is kind of like what you're saying is, okay, you weren't factoring in bigger problems, but now you are trying to. That's right. Like once I get to hear, what does that potentially look like? Yep. And you could also use the wisdom and experience of others. That's right. That are around you who are, you know, maybe more successful than you to even try to maybe shed light on problems that you can't even foresee. Absolutely. 100%. And then you're like, oh shit, I never even thought about that. Right? Boom. Okay. So I'm going to factor in that. Maybe I can move my pieces in a way that I'm going to be protected or I'm going to be able to diminish the amount of time it would take me to fix that problem or deal with that problem. You might have something in place, almost like a pawn backing up your queen when you move in for the checkmate. If anybody plays chess, you would understand that. And it's really all about protecting your pieces That's and, right. your, and your moves Yes, to get to the end result. Which 100%. Would be check motherfucking mate, Check bitch. mate, bitch. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I'm stressed out too. <laughs> I'm a bit stressed out too. Like the board behind me, we've got so many things. And as of- A lot of big problems. Right, because unfortunately the last month- there's been no movement on any of the list. And that to me is a problem because I'm like, I stare at it and I'm like, all right, how am I going to try to tackle it? And it's an overwhelming list. No, it is. And our life is full of lists. And even when you drive around all day or you're out there, you're going to notice problems. I mean, opportunities are problems. Problems are opportunities. If you can help people solve problems, that is a business. We talk a lot about creating a solution for your life. Your life's a big fucking problem. You got to go to the bathroom. That's a problem. You know what I mean? You're hungry. Problem. Thirsty. Problem. So really, we're solution-based. Life in and of itself is a solution-based act. Being alive is solution-based act, you know? Our bodies are constantly solving internal problems that we don't even know about, like cold water therapy. When you get in the cold water, it activates things in your body to prevent the temperature of your body from dropping so that you don't go into hypothermia. You get into cold water, you have a 98 degree temperature. You get in 60 degree water, that's a problem for your body. Your body begins solving that problem internally. So if we can think about things through the lens of, like he said, he was like, look, I had a $2,500 payroll. Now I got a $100,000 payroll. It's a bigger problem. Bigger problem. You know what I mean? A lot more demand. How do we solve that problem? And the thing is that mentally, if you're reeling from your problems, if you're reeling from these things, Or if you're attacking them, but if you're attacking them with the attitude of fuck this or this sucks or I can't wait to be done with this, what's that going to create? Is that the way the hero in your story attacks his problems? Just can't wait to be on the other side of this bullshit. You know what I mean? Right, right. Which may be true. That may be the truth. But at the same time, if you were to get excited about it and go after a solution from the perspective of something that maybe you look forward to solving. Take that line on it, take that attitude on it. And I think at least for me, it creates space to be present. I think a lot of our time in the present moment is spent worrying about the future and regretting the past. And, you know, a lot of times when we're regretting the past, at least me, it's looking at things I should have done differently. 
or I could have done this that way, or maybe I shouldn't have said that that way. I could have said it another way. Or if I wouldn't have bought that thing, or if I wouldn't have talked to that person, if I wouldn't, have, I knew I shouldn't have done that. And I did it anyways. And now I have a problem as a result of it. So I'm spending my time worrying about the decision I made in the past or regretting it. But you shouldn't be looking in your rear view. And then I'm also worrying about now I have to solve that problem in the future. So I'm regretting the past and I'm worrying about the future. In the present. In the present moment. And what does that do? It causes anxiety and depression distracts you from your goal and anxiety and depression a mindset of anxiety and depression is no way to attack hero level problems so we have to find a way to let go we have to find a way to let go of the past and let go of the future and like one of my mentors mike ferry said one time he said listen you don't have to worry about the past or the future if you just focus on telling the truth in the present moment and not worrying about the outcome. That's right. And the <laughs> only way that you can do that is if you have enough opportunity in front of you. So the real problem is you don't have enough opportunity to look at. You're not creating enough opportunities. That's the real problem. If you only have a certain amount of opportunities to look at, whether or not that one or two or three things work out, have a drastic impact on what happens next month, right? Right. But if you had 10 or 15 or 20, that one or two wouldn't mean anything. Right. So what you can do in the present moment to prevent your worrying and your regret is just go after more opportunity. That's the hero problem. The hero problem is I got to go put more meat on the table, which means I got to sharpen my arrows, and load my gun and put on my camouflage or whatever it is, get fired up about going out and finding opportunity. Now, undoubtedly, those opportunities are going to create more problems. But the point is, you find opportunity by telling people the truth and not worrying about what's going to happen. We've said it before. You can't get fixed on the outcome because when you do that, you set yourself up for sadness. Well, now you're worrying about the future. Right. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Whatever comes out of it comes out of it. That's right. Exactly. And I'd like to key in one of my favorite people, Napoleon Hill. Of course. Think you grow rich. As yes, wasn't he rich. over at your house the other night? I yeah. sure wish he was. I sure wish he was. I think he, he was blowing up your phone just a few minutes ago. Well, it's interesting because I always revert back to that book, and you just brought something up which made me think I need to create my round table again. I need to create another round table. The Knights of the Round Table. I need to create a round table in my mind. And this is a tactic that Napoleon Hill created, or maybe he created through one of his mentors, like Dale Carnegie or something like that. But what he did is he had a round table of people. Most of them either weren't present in his life. They may have been alive. Be like if I put Jay-Z at my round table, for example. What up, Jay-Z? Yeah. Or they've deceased. Like I think Abraham Lincoln was one of the people at his round table. I mean, he had some other historic figures as well. But I'm going to create a round table and I'm going to put Napoleon Hill on it. Now, interestingly enough, as I was looking into this and I was going through my mindset as it relates to creating more opportunities so I can create bigger problems, so I can do hero level shit, right? As soon as my mind changed about these kinds of things, opportunities started hitting my phone today. And okay, I started thinking about this hero level problem shit. Then I got smacked with this Napoleon Hill piece. I literally did what he said. And I want to encourage anybody who's listening, when you hear this, you can rewind it, you can go back 
back, play a little bit, pause a little bit, play a little bit, pause a little bit, and do the exercise here that he's talking about. It's a really quick exercise. As soon as I wrote down just what I was going to do, I was going to follow this exercise. I haven't even done the exercise yet. Recently, I mean, I've done it before, but I haven't done it this time. My phone started ringing and I was telling you about a couple opportunities I have, but those are hero level opportunities. Hell yeah, they are. And that hit me after I heard this. And after I said, you know what? That guy that's talking about hero level problems is right. And you know what? Napoleon Hill is right. And you know what? That's my path. That's what I'm doing. Right. And then boom, I got hit. So I wanted to bring in this Napoleon Hill piece if I can. Do you need to play it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Napoleon Hill. The granddaddy. <laughs> the starting point from which you must take off if you wish to write your own ticket from here on out for the remainder of your life, I will describe for you in these simple instructions. One, write down a clear description of your major desire in life. The one circumstance or position or thing which you will be willing to accept as your idea of success. And remember before you begin writing that your only limitations are those which you set up in your own mind or permit others to set up for you. And two, write down a clear statement of precisely what you intend to give in return for that which you desire from life. And then start in right where you stand now to begin giving. And three, memorize both of your statements, what you desire and what you intend to give in return for it and repeat them at least a dozen times daily. And always end your statements with this expression of gratitude for the blessings with which you were gifted at birth. I ask not for divine providence or more riches, but more wisdom with which to accept and use wisely the riches I received at birth in the form of the power to control and direct my mind to whatever ends I desire. If you are not too successful or self-satisfied to accept and express this profound prayer, if you accept it and express it in the same spirit of humble sincerity in which I pass it on to you, a new and a better world will reveal itself to you. A world in which you will see reflected the circumstances and the things which you yourself have created. Whatever the mind can conceive and believe, the mind can achieve. Isn't that a profound statement? That is the profound. starting point from which you. Mike drop. Mike drop. Napoleon fucking Hill. What a wise. It's just unbelievable, you know, and it, and it is so simple. And it tied back in with everything that I talked about with Chris Tuff. It tied back into the putting your stake in the ground statement. But I love the prayer that Napoleon Hill just outlined. It's like the best prayer I've ever heard, where you're literally, you're commanding of yourself that which you already have. You already have everything you need. You have it already. You were born with it. You're born with everything. You don't need anything. It's a mindset. It's your own self-imposed limitations. Right. So be grateful for what you were born with. And realize that you can create whatever it is that you desire mm-hmm. as long as you're clear on what it is that you're going to do in exchange for it. Right. And yeah, I agree. Totally. And we can all see that in our own lives. The funny thing about life, though, and I see it across the board, even with the really wealthy guy that we were talking about earlier, there's always another level. There's always another level. That's just life. Well, no one wants to stay stagnant. I mean, so are it's... you going to go through life hitting hero levels? So that when you're 90, you can look back and go, I fucking killed it. It doesn't have to be about money. Breaking ceilings. It doesn't have to be money. Money is a tool. Right. 
it's a symptom of you solving problems. That's right. But we don't have to wrap it around money. Maybe there's a big problem that you want to solve. Well, you're going to need money to solve it. Let's just throw that out there. You're going to have to employ those tools and tactics. But you don't want to have to be a gazillionaire or something like that. You may not want that. You might just want to feed the hungry. But Dan Pena says, if you don't think money makes you happy, you don't know where the fuck to shop. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. 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 And I'm not saying money's going to make you happy. I don't. My personal belief is that money doesn't really make you happy or sad. It's going to enhance who you are. It just enhances whoever it is that you naturally are. If you're a scumbag with no money, you're going to be a scumbag with money. With money. Right. That's a fact. You're going to be an enhanced scumbag. Exactly. So really, money is going to shine light on who you are. If you're not a generous person and you're not caring about others without money, well, someone puts, you know, $10 million in your hand, you're going to be that same fucking person. Absolutely. With $10 million. Yep. And what kind of problems are you going to solve? That's the big one. Yeah, I agree. That's good shit. There's a guy I want to give a shout out to who's been helping me solve a big problem in my life and who I found out yesterday is a listener of the podcast, loves the podcast, and wants to come on at some point. Now, he's a very busy guy, but he's into it. And it's Dr. Alan Einstein. Oh, fuck yeah. We've, we've Shout out to you, Dr. Alan Einstein. We've talked about him. A man who literally is a hero in many people's lives because he solves hero level problems on the daily this guy's unbelievable there's god and then there's dr einstein he's i I love him i love the man and uh he loves us he loves you by the way oh he does he told me he goes you know ben you're great but your partner there kaylee i love kaylee shut up i swear to god (laughs) well i love you too dr einstein you You just you know who goes to is Kyle. Kyle Martin right, yeah. is like boys with him. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? No, I, I knew that there was, he knew him too. Yeah, so we got to get you in there. That's funny because I remember us talking about trying yeah. to get him on. Because that's right. He was such a, a smart and just, he was a character. Exactly. And very intelligent and actually like a distant relative yes. to Einstein. He is. Yeah, he's like a <laughs> something third or fourth cousin or something. But to Albert, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're going to exactly. fucking get Einstein in here. And so when we discussed that. You pitched him. I call the guy. He doesn't, I mean, he's just a busy, busy guy. Of course, he's a doctor. He's you know, solving hero-like problems. He's solving hero-level problems. When he's off, he doesn't answer his phone. So I pitched I said, listen, I'm doing this podcast. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. We wanted to invite you to come on. And that was probably three months ago. Or longer. No, or longer. Now. Maybe it was six months ago. Was, yeah. Six, so seven. he's been listening to it ever since. Which is an honor. And yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome. If we're keeping his attention, oh, that's oh, great. That's it, a sign. He loves it. He was that's like, it. just, it's awesome. I love it. You guys are great. He's like, the thing that's interesting to me is how you guys create a conversation about anything. And I was like, that was basically the premise upon which the podcast was created. Well, because we could literally and have sat there. As you all know. (laughs) We, I mean, before this idea birthed 10 years ago. Yeah. At one of our many living situations when we would get together. Yeah. It would just be... It's ongoing. Ongoing. I mean, it could be the craziest topic or just something we thought was funny, and we could giggle about it and expand on it to the point where the people around us would probably get annoyed because we would just keep taking it down the road. Like, if you think it was dead, no, it's not. It's not dead yet. It's a zombie now. Yeah, we're beating (laughs) it. We're just going and just found whatever we were talking about 
funny and we would laugh and we yeah, would laugh. And, exactly. And so we knew that the chemistry, we thought that the chemistry would translate on air or on the podcast, which we think it has. And that's awesome that Dr. Einstein sees it that way too. It's an honor. He loves it, man. That's great. As always, thanks for listening to the Manfuse podcast. Join the show by hitting us up at manfuse.com or you can call 770-744-5227, leave a voicemail, send us a text, and check out our Manfuse gear.